Hello, this is Mary Lindo. I am so pleased that you are joining me for this week's teaching podcast. This podcast is prayerfully created each week with the intention of giving you a time of resting in the Lord and for allowing Him to speak into your life through three to five minute messages and prophetic impressions and insights. Each message is meant to assist you in cultivating your love for the Word of God, combined with the power of His Holy Spirit, confirming His words over your life. Gather your Bible and a cup of coffee or tea, and take a few minutes each week to sit back and allow the peace of God to wash over you as you enjoy soft background music that inspires a restful time of worship and tender moments with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now, let's begin this week's podcast. The words, when harsh winds blow, chaff must go, have been playing themselves over and over in my mind the past few days. And as I have pondered them and have allowed the voice of the Holy Spirit to instruct me as to why I have been impressed with this rather unwavering statement, I sense the Lord addressing many deeper issues that are well anchored and maintained within our souls as believers. Harsh winds. These blustery currents in the natural can be devastating to property, trees, and all living, breathing creatures. We have all seen what the devastation of hurricanes and tornadoes can do in a very short amount of time. Often, when listening to the traumatic stories of those who have lived through a nightmarish storm, the realities of what they hold near and dear have been laid bare and brought to the surface. Many weep over the loss of family photographs or tender things like grandma's old chipped china, and they're unconcerned about larger material items, but are deeply thankful for the safety of family members after a traumatic event. Others are shaking fists at the sky and are enraged that they have been infringed upon during a difficult time, and they want somebody else to pay for it. The harsh winds of life blow upon the godly and the ungodly. No one is exempt. There are some of life's storms that threaten to blow away everything we've depended upon as well. Friendships are tested, relationships are strained, and the Lord uses these harsh winds blowing against our lives to remove the crusty chaff that can form and harden around the seed of our lives. Those who are independent in nature find a bitterness creeping into their attitudes and heart. They feel infringed upon when things are not easily controlled or maneuvered in their favor. And so, the Holy Spirit allows the winds to blow until a conviction penetrates the self-centered soul and exposes the fleshy comfort zone of my way, my world, my rights. Ecclesiastes 8.8 says, no man has power over the wind to contain it. So, no one has power over the day of his death. As no one is discharged in a time of war, so wickedness will also not release those who practice it. You may ask, how long will the harsh winds blow? Well, as long as we practice wicked behavior in the eyes of the Lord, and no matter how hard we try, we cannot stop it. He is winnowing us 
allowing us to be caught up into the refining wind of the Holy Spirit's conviction so that the chaff and waste places in our souls is removed. Yes, you can say ouch right about now. (laughs) Chaff must go. Why? Chaff is a waste material plowed into the soil or burned. Chaff as a waste product from grain processing shows us a symbolic use of the idea that refers to something seen as worthless. This is where we read to separate the wheat from the chaff from Matthew chapter 3. It means to separate things of value from things of no value. Another example is in Psalm 1 which says, Not so the wicked, they are like the chaff the wind blows away. We Christians often presume that because we are redeemed through the beautiful sacrifice of Christ for our lives, that we have an opportunity for an easier and more privileged life. Well, this is simply not so. We are given a shield and holy stamina to withstand the wiles of this world, but no free passes to a life of ease. The Lord loves all of mankind, and He longs for all of mankind, that includes you and I, to come to a place of trust in His way, not our way. Fully stripped of self-will, self-gratification, self-justification, and self-focus. Matthew 5.45 He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I know, I know this stings. James 3.14 says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Now I can hear a few righteous folks saying, Well, I would never boast about envy. Well, selfish ambition is well hidden in our personal behaviors. We offer gifts or opportunities for others to be blessed or helped as long as we are feeling in control and benevolent at the time of the offer or good intention. But when the winds of life shift and the Lord allows the chaff of waste materials of our soul to be tornadoed, bitterness and exclusive rights abound. Huffiness, abrupt harshness, and passive aggression will manifest and expose the soul's clinging nature, which does not want the hand of God stripping away any safety veneer that we use to protect our approach to life. A change in the spiritual climate has occurred. John 6.18 says a strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Jesus allowed the wind to be a teaching point for his disciples. They had walked with him, talked with him, and served alongside him. Trusting him when the storms and harsh winds blew revealed a weakness that we all must look at and often. We trust the Lord when things are going our way, but when the harshness of a storm blows us off the course that we set, many times we run to our own devices or plan B. So many at this time in this difficult age are screaming, Lord, don't you care for me? Don't you care about me? The winds are blowing and I'm fearful for my life. If you love me, why are you allowing this horrid event to occur? Even Peter in his zeal to get out of the boat and see if it was indeed Jesus calling him to come. Once he was out of the safety of his own control and the winds blew against him, he focused on the wind and not upon Jesus who was there the whole time. Peter cries out, 
Lord, I am perishing. Save me. Control is a deep, deep need. Perhaps the deepest need people have is for control. When we feel out of control, we experience a powerful and uncomfortable tension between the need for control and the evidence of inadequate control. Without the presence of God in our lives, we will attempt to control everything, every event, and every person around us in order to attain the sense of order that we crave. Drawing near to God. It was James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote to the believers in Jerusalem, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts. Double-minded people. James 4.8 You see, if we draw near to God, He will respond and draw near to us. Drawing near to God is spending time with Him, worshiping Him, praying and talking to Him inviting Him into every aspect of our lives. Bring your heart under His Lordship. James then gives us the blueprint for drawing near. If you've committed sin, confess it and get rid of it. Next, ask the Lord to examine your heart. Allow Him to examine your motives and the things that make you do what you do. Bring your heart under His Lordship as well. May our actions be manifestations of a clean heart and conscience. Allow Him to remove the chaff, the wasted time controlling things, and trust Him to align your life. Notice that when James writes about this, he says, Purify your hearts, double-minded people. Well, what does he mean by double-minded? A person who is double-minded is drawn in two completely different directions. And so he or she will get nowhere fast because loyalty is divided, and they will vacillate between faith and unbelief. A double-minded person is also unstable in all of his or her ways, and his or her spiritual walk is inconsistent because he or she tries to serve God and his or her own interests, and they gamble their life against the harsh winds. We've all learned that this kind of living never works. You cannot serve two masters. God doesn't play games. No one is going to get very far with God by playing spiritual games. It will soon be discovered that the only people playing the game with you will be me, myself, and I. It's just like people thinking that they can ride the fence into the kingdom. There is no riding the fence. There is no lukewarm support group. You're either in or out. If we really want to know Him, we are going to have to get serious about our relationship with Him. A moment in His anger, a lifetime in His favor. You see, God disciplines for a moment when He wishes to get our attention, and our lives may indeed become painful for a period, but then comes His favor. God doesn't delight in either our depression or our damage. When He begins to deal with the chaff in our lives, it is for our advantage that we may be conformed to His likeness and reflect His holiness. When we sense God's disapproval and when it appears that He has withdrawn from us, it is only so that we see our utter need of Him. When life seems to be sour, when everything crumbles, we must remember what we say we believe that God's favor is with us because of Christ's worthiness given to us 
because we are adopted and His, which means that His favor always wins out over His disapproval. This picture is painted well by the words, Weeping remains for a night. Weeping and sorrow are pictured as a traveler who comes to stay for a night. The pain and sorrow we feel may seem as though it has moved in with us like an unwelcomed guest who decides to stay for a very long time. But rejoicing comes in the morning. Your mourning will dissipate in the morning. Your winter will melt into summer. God will replace your sighing with singing. Grief will give way to gladness. What once was bitter will be made sweet. What once was a desolate wilderness will be transformed into a paradise. Like the first rays of sunshine, which dispel the harsh winds and gloom of night, God gives us joy when the darkness of our problems seem as though they'll never leave. Your cross is His glory. What is so crucial to understand is that as a Christian, your life will be filled with times of weakness and strength, with want and wealth, with disgrace and honor, with crosses and comforts, miseries and mercies, joys and sorrows, delight and mourning. And as this cycle of separating chaff from our lives reoccurs, many times in our lives, it moves us from the cross to glory. For your own health, and so that you find all your satisfaction in Christ alone, God will send you times of great growth and other times of emptiness. When the harsh winds blow, know that God desires that you find your hope and comfort by His own warm fire. When the balmy breezes come, give Him praise and thanksgiving for the warmth that He alone provides. Psalm 57.1 says, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I trust that this podcast has been challenging and encouraging to you, and I encourage you to get alone and quiet with the Lord and allow Him to deal with any areas of your life where you need to have control. Relinquish and release to Him, and He will give back to you instead a place of comfort and divine direction. Goodbye for now.